no, no, no. ideas. It's really... that's, that's right. You're so Jack, you're busting out of your shirts. I'm just going to slurp macaroni and cheese. Jolie, you're just going to silently judge us the whole time? Is that... Oh, yeah. That's yeah. perfect. That's something for everyone. That's right. I'll be the one that is, like, getting paid to demean men or people who want to be... Yeah. Uh, whose feelings they want hurt, because apparently I'm real good at that. Have you watched that's... Euphoria? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you would be perfect. They have they have one of the high schoolers on there that, like, she gets known to be like that, where she, like, men pay her, like, $400 an hour to, like criticize how small their dicks are and stuff and i'm like whoa man alive yeah Sign me up. I, I, no cake shaming I, I i don't get it but you know whatever whatever floats your boat for sure oh i, I, would... I yeah i don't judge at all i'm I'm, yeah. I'm thinking how do i get in that position where i can be paid that? that's what i want to know which the which though to be the humiliated one or to be the one that's doing the humiliating like which... doing the humiliation yeah 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 yeah, yeah, <clears> yeah. that's fine that i could do all day but i don't know if i could pay somebody to tell me how tiny my dick is that seems kind of <sighs> Counterintuitive. Counter. I'm cognitive. The way that I live. Yeah, I have some cognitive dissonance going on with this. Like, I'm giving you money, and you're making me feel like a tiny dick piece of shit. I don't know why this is a thing, but hey, again, no king shaming, no judging. No, that's that's cool. Yes, whatever. Yeah, whatever if, you're, if that's your thing, by all means. I don't think that <laughs> I'd be able to like carry on for a long time because I can't take myself seriously. <laughs> <laughs> well, and how many different ways can you tell a guy he's got a tiny dick? You know what I mean? Like, there's not, like, you, uh, there's only, like, you're whipping up the thesaurus. There's only so many different ways you can say small, pathetic, and tiny before. You have to start getting into, like, colorful comparisons. Like, oh, my God, you can't even plug a sinking boat with that dick. Like, stuff like that. You have to get into, like, oh, scenarios, I, I think. Yeah. But that's okay. that's when it gets to Jolie's point where it's like, I wouldn't be able to take myself seriously. I'd laugh because I'm like, that's no, really of course. funny. That's no, but isn't burn. that kind of part and part and parcel of it though? Like you're laughing at them. I mean, you're truly laughing at yourself. But I mean, it can be. Like, yeah, yeah. It, I think some people prefer. I don't. We say this like we know. I don't know, but some people <laughs> Listen, might this prefer. This is for the OnlyFans, man. We have to research this and figure out. <laughs> We're gonna fully take advantage of the monetization, right? Late stage well, capitalism. We're, we're right. considering all options on the table, folks. Work the room, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Welcome to the Full Volume Podcast, <laughs> where we are currently discussing other career paths. Um, <laughs> it's the nicest way you could have said that. Yeah, I mean, I, oh God, I was at like a, sorry, I was, I, Business Jolie is still in my brains. I was at a, a Chamber Awards dinner last night, where, by the way, I was one of four people in a room of probably 300 wearing a mask. Really? Yeah. So if I get COVID again for the third time, I'm going to know exactly where I got it. So, sorry, two-time COVID champion, one-time COVID champion. Jeff, what's your status? Oh, we got a zero on the show. Stealth. Yes, El yeah. Zilcho. I mean, I've only been tested a couple of times. Uh, I've done a home test and I've done a PCR test and both of them came back negative. So, and I haven't really had anything in the way of symptoms throughout the whole thing. So... Yeah, fingers. I work in a warehouse. There's, it's a giant five hundred thousand square foot warehouse, and there's only about a hundred of us in there. Yeah. So there's no interacting with the public. There's no. So I'm just seeing the same people in and out every day. But I have my own area where I work almost completely independently. So yeah, I just don't interact yeah. with the humans a whole lot. So I think it's, I think it's really helped. That's awesome. Yeah, because yeah. you, you don't want it. It's not fun. No, I've heard it's like super. <laughs> now, mind you, I'm I'm triple vaxxed or whatever. So from what I gather, the more vaccinations you have, the the less impactful it is on you, I guess. But yeah, yeah, 
still yeah, yeah i'm triple vax too and jolie is too and it i, I what it my still beat you guys up. Days, yeah yeah i, did, eh? I did not like it <laughs> and brent has like a strong healthy young young heart and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we drank it into a coma a couple times, a couple uh, New Year's's, but yeah, we had a lot of a lot of pizza back in the day, a lot of cheeser, a lot of garlic wings, all higgly piggly on top. <laughs> mm. Have you ever we... put chicken wings on top of garlic cheese bread? Uh, no, but I have made a pizza with chicken nuggets on oh, the pizza. That's amazing. yeah. Now we we're used, talking. We used Frank's Red Hot instead of pizza sauce, and then the cheese, and then we put chicken nuggets and mac and cheese on top, and that's how we ate it. We were drunk and high, but it was fucking <laughs> delicious. Highly I feel recommend. like that would also wreak havoc on your digestive system. Oh, 100%. No, we paid yeah. the price. Absolutely. And I could oh, yeah. do that now at 48. Like, I did that at, like, 32 or whatever, and even then it was a nightmare. But now, yeah, no, I would be down for a week. Yeah, it's yeah. like once, once your body reaches a certain threshold, and everyone's right, it's it's 35. Um, right. I started experiencing ridiculous heartburn, like in the daytime. <laughs> Zantac After, becomes your friend. Right? And it's like, yeah. oh, all I had was a sparkling water. <laughs> and that was enough to set it off. Yeah. And then the knees went after that. And then I stretched in the morning as I usually do. And I proceeded to throw my back out. Oh, the worst is hurting your back while sneezing. Oh, Mm -hmm. Oh my! All oh my sweet summer children. Oh. Right, Jeff is like, welcome. My young, welcome. young, sweet kids over there. I can hurt myself napping, guys. Don't even don't play. All right, yeah. it's awful. I napped wrong. There was yeah. a toy yeah. in the couch. In the couch. Do you remember a time when you would hurt yourself and people would ask you, "Oh, how did you hurt yourself?" And you would have like a story to impart to them about how the injury occurred. And now it's literally, "How did you hurt yourself?" And I'm like, "Well, I went to bed." Fine. <laughs> and I woke up and I can't turn my head. And I don't know and what I'm to tell you. It's completely broken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I cannot function as an adult human. So, yeah. It's Speaking not, of not... completely broken. Mm. Oh. Master, <laughs> master of segues. I, I think we're, I think we have gathered all here today to give our opinion on episode three of Moon Knight on Disney. Mm. Plus. Mm hmm. I, I, that was overdramatic. It's not completely broken. I don't know. I have opinions. I actually purpose, I purposely did not listen to your episode with Josh Marvell last week because I didn't want it to influence the way my narrative is going with this show. Okay. So I had no idea what you and Josh said last week on purpose because I didn't want it to like sully me. But I, I have opinions. I don't know if anybody... I sounds like Jeff also has strong opinions because he elected <laughs> to come sure on does. today. <laughs> so... I made I, one comment on one post jo uh, Jolie made, and she was like, oh, bitch, you're coming on the podcast. That's what's happening. Sign him up. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's. I think there's a lot. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I have a couple episodes worth to catch up on. Jolie, did you want to start, or how do you think we should handle this this delicate retelling of this episode? Um. Well, here's the thing. Um, last time you had to recap the episode is because I, what, I couldn't remember it. Okay. Well, or I was, I think we were both really tired. I've seen this episode like three times. Oh, wow. Okay. Good for you. And, and I, I only watched it when it came out a couple of days ago. It's still pretty fresh in my mind. So, okay. Maybe Jeff can do, maybe our, our astute guest can do it because here's the thing I've seen it three times and I couldn't tell you what happened. There, mm, 
Mm-hmm. Okay, there's, there's, I want to like hold on to that comment, but no, I, I agree. Jeff, how do you feel about talking about the episode or do you want one of us to do it? I, I, I didn't, I didn't prepare. Okay. Okay, okay. We never prepare. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm sure I could muddle my way through it, but I don't remember the specific beats to the episode. I just remember, you know, the broad strokes type of thing. So let's broad stroke this bitch. Yeah. Yeah. So the episode starts. (laughs) Ethan Hawke, go. (laughs) Who wants to go? All right. Get in there, Brett. Harrow. Ethan Hawke, our, our beloved, quiet, menacing villain, Ethan Hawke, um, playing Harrow. They discover the location of Amit's tomb in the desert, which, by the way, side, I'm already going to know the sidetrack. Not filmed in Egypt, definitely filmed in Jordan. That's okay. Desert to white people. We, we don't <laughs> notice. In Cairo, that's when we have uh, Mark Spector and Stephen Grant. They're experiencing blackouts while also trying to uh, track Harrow, like track his footprints, so to speak. So they're, they're constantly, you know, going after, I guess we'll call them bandits or, you know, associates of Harrow. They keep blacking out too, as they, you know, try to gain information from, from these associates of Harrow and they end up killing them. There's some, there's some questionable, I guess it's like a mini mystery in terms of why both of them keep blacking out, whether it's Spectre or Grant, but <clears throat> there is blackouts. I assume Khonshu might be behind, might behind it, but this is just a recap in broad strokes. After that, we get Khonshu actually meeting in a council. I think it was in, it was in Giza. I could be wrong, but he You're meets right. in a, with a council with <clears throat> many fellow human avatars of the Egyptian gods, and he warns them of... Arthur Harrow's plans, which is to awaken and resummon Amit. And this, again, a little bit of a, <coughs> excuse me, COVID cough, a little bit of a sidetrack. I don't know how Harrow was just right there as he like accused him. They're like, okay, bring the accused forward. Like, was he waiting in the wings? Whatever. And so Harrow basically is not successfully, uh, you know, accused. He, he denies the accusation. After that, we we get uh, Hathor's avatar, which is Yatzel, telling Mark Spector to find the sarcophagus of a, a medje who knew of the location of Amit's tomb, which, again, okay. <laughs> Layla finds Mark Spector and takes him to meet with Anton Mogart, who we know from the comics plays Midnight Man. And that's an acquaintance of Layla's who who owns the sarcophagus, the, you know, the of the medje. And this is this leads into a whole scene of, of jousting in the middle of the desert, which is interesting. And Harrow arrives and basically bargains with Midnight Man. I, I shouldn't be calling him that because the show doesn't refer to him as that, but it is what it is. Harrow arrives, he bargains with uh, with Anton, and he destroys the sarcophagus of the Medje, forcing Mark and Stephen and Layla to fight off Anton's men and escape the desert. And they they do. Lots, lots of jousting deaths, which we'll get into, I'm sure. <clears throat> and then Stephen Grant gets tapped into, uh, you know, they, they switch back and forth between Mark Spector and Stephen Grant. And Stephen Grant's expertise is really aligning up the constellations in order to, to geolocate the sarcophagus <clears throat> and, you know, basically kind of map out the stars where, where to look for it. Concha uses his powers to briefly turn the night sky back to the correct night, which was like 2000 years ago, which we got some shoddy exposition about as well. And then they end up finding Amit's tomb. Sorry, they didn't find the the sarcophagus. They end up using that to geolocate Amit's tomb. 
and then the other gods in response imprison Khonshu in a, a little statue, I, which I believe is called a Ushabati, Ushabti, um, <clears throat> and that leaves uh, Stephen Grant and Mark Spector's body unconscious and powerless. And so that's the episode in broad strokes, per half Wikipedia, per half me, which I honestly needed the help of Wikipedia because I don't think I could have recapped it all the way it was paced and blocked out and written. So I suppose we start at the top. Jeff, what's your general broad opinions of this episode? <clears throat> it's a mess, much like the show kind of has been up until now. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into things, but there's some extraordinarily uh, tropey things that happen in this episode that literally have me have my eyes rolling uh, in in disgust. <laughs> just, they're just so mad. I'm like, you have opportunities to make this a different show. Your protagonist is already such a, a gigantic departure from everything else that's been done. So you have an opportunity to be bra brave and bold and try new things. And, and none of that happened. All the same tired tropes occurred. And what really blew me away by the time we were done with this episode is we're already halfway through. <gasps> I know. <clears throat> There's only six episodes. So what's what's what Jolie what what's happening what am I missing am I missing something like is there <clears throat> excuse me so admittedly both Brent and I know very little about Moon Knight going into this right right same uh, except for um we are finding that there are a lot of parallels to Yu-Gi-Oh because of <laughs> the, <laughs> the the Egyptian mythology thing right so like there we can meet a quarter of the way there um, right. with the Egyptian mythology and what little I remember from like 10th grade. But um, I honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, from what I gather from the comic book world is that they're trying to piece together parts of the Warren Ellis storyline and Jeff Lemire storyline and kind of mush them together. And it's creating a giant mess when they really should have just picked one Moon Knight story and retold it. Right. Read and done. Or sorry, and and uh, do a retelling <clears throat> because, quite honestly, up until now, um, I was sort of, uh, I was sort of excited for the show. The last episode I enjoyed, um, and then, like they they lead out. Me and Josh were going on about how like the music is great. It's nice to finally hear just like a. Uh, like cultural, different cultural languages uh, or different cultures, musical soundtracks. And then we were really interested to see, because the director is Egyptian, how he would play Arabic characters. But like you were saying, going into this episode, one of the things that Josh said was, it's nice to see Arabic men not be the enemy or henchmen or terrorists in the show. And wouldn't you know, that's what they fucking are in this episode. And I was like, Oh, it's a good thing we mentioned that last time because, oops, here, like, cliche number one. They're all henchmen for <clears throat> the white avatar of Ethan Hawke. Is he supposed to be white or are they playing him off as, like, potentially so I, POC? Oh, Ethan Hawke? Yeah. I think he's supposed to be white. I Okay. I... I didn't really think about that dynamic until you said it, but I guess it is a little bit weird that, you know, but we've also, you know, in to Marvel's detriment, we've seen the tired trope in other media of the 
middle-aged white male cult leader before. Would have been a little more interesting to see, you know, maybe a different ethnicity and the dynamics at play there. But I also, I have to say in Ethan Hawke's defense, I, I do think Ethan Hawke is not the problem of this show. No, he's not. <clears throat> not even the, close. I don't even think... Sorry, go ahead. I cut you off. Oh, no, no, no. Go. No. I was going to say, not even his... Like, his writing is fine. His acting is, I'd say, above fine. Like, he's... I think he's actually one of the minor positives of the show. <laughs> it, and so it, that leads me to the other major aspect of the show, which is Oscar Isaac. I... I was kind of like, whatever about him the first couple episodes. I thought he was fine. Mm-hmm. This episode, I'm I'm leaning more towards him being quite a good actor, but his writing is abysmal. Oh my god, the transitions between Mark Spector and Stephen Grant, and the the pretense behind it, specifically, you know, for the past what episode and a half now, where they've been arguing about who controls the body and. Stephen Grant is so pissed that he's basically been locked up again. And all of a sudden he's willing to like uh, help them deconstruct this constellation map as soon as they switch bodies. And he's not going to just like run away like he's been threatening to do. The writing frustrates me. It's annoying. <laughs> and it's it's frankly kind of insulting. Like it's like all of a sudden his his motivations and his pretense just switched as soon as the plot needed him to. Mm-hmm. It was it felt like I, I was furrowing my brow in that scene in the desert where, like, all of a sudden they switch bodies and he's, like, folding the constellations and mapping them up to, like, you know, locate where the tomb of Amit is. Like, he it wasn't interested in that five minutes ago. Like, he wanted to get the hell out of Dodge and go back to the UK. Like, he has no interest in any of this crap. And all of a yeah. sudden he's helping them do this. I, I don't know. And, like, they're clearly using Stephen Grant as the exposition like he's the one providing the background information on Egyptian mythology, which is supposed to be related to us as the as the viewers, right? Which I appreciate. It's just so like it's so in your face that that's why he's there at this point. Yeah. And like this is, I you know I read that this was supposed to be like a character study, it, like you know the biggest character study in the MCU since Iron Man, and I'm just not seeing that at this point. I'm just seeing very lazy writing that's leading to we need a badass. Let's switch to Mark Spector. Now we need exposition. Let's switch to Stephen Grant. And that, oh, we need, like, some nefariousness. Let's switch to Khonshu. Like, it's just, oh, it's not working for me. The whole multiple personalities in a body. Maybe I'm missing something, but that's so far the trajectory of the show. It's written very inappropriately. Up until now, they had handled his disassociative disorder very accurately, I would say. And according to people who do suffer from the condition, it was very, like, um validating okay and like you uh, up until now up until the third episode where they just like like you said when they needed a badass they pulled out mark when they needed uh an archaeologist they pulled out steven and then when they needed an absolute killer they hinted at neither steven or mark being the one to pull pull the brandish the knife there's no guns but like, so there's like a fourth altar we haven't met yet, which is like mm-hmm. a mystery that I don't care to know about anymore since they decided to destroy everything they've built up until now for his and character. Jeff, does, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, do either of you particularly like Khonshu? Because I'm not sure I like him. <laughs> and I'm not sure if we're supposed to be rooting for him. 
Uh, and I think that's, I think they're trying to do a little bit of a duality with Khonshu. And I think that's what led into, you're supposed to buy into the meeting of all the gods and then essentially dismissing Khonshu's claims right away because he's this rogue element and none of the other gods have any respect for him. So then you too are not supposed to have enough respect for him that you buy in that these very, very powerful ancient Egyptian gods uh, can't tell when someone's lying or telling the truth which for me was one of the biggest tropes ever. They bring in the bad guy and the bad guy goes, no, I'm not the bad guy. I'm the good guy. And all the gods go, yep, that sounds about right. And everyone goes on their merry way. I mean, literally, Khonshu literally makes the sky spin 2,000 years in reverse. Like that's how powerful these gods are, but no one can tell when this white dude with long, bad 80s glam hair is lying. It's so, so, so <laughs> tropically ridiculous. And it's so yeah. frustrating, like Ren's saying, it's so frustrating because it's lazy, awful, terrible writing that they're just, well, we have to make it so that the bad guy has this motivation and we have to make it so everybody knows that he's there, but everybody, nobody believes he's truly the bad guy. Yeah. So what was he doing wandering around the desert if he wasn't going after Ahmet's tomb? Like, why would they just just automatically dismiss Khonshu's ideas? Because they've already established that Khonshu's not to be trusted and he's a rogue element. And so, yeah, we're supposed to kind of feel the same way so that we buy that narrative in that meeting. But I don't because it's stupid. And we're mm -hmm. ultimately going to find out that Khonshu, well, we already know, Khonshu's been right the whole time. So We've dumb. gone with them on their journey. Dumb. Yeah. And, and where was where was Ra? Does anybody know? I did we not. Yeah, they didn't mention. They mentioned Osiris. They mentioned Isis. They Horus. did not mention Ra. Yeah, I'm I'm a little confused. I mean, we're talking Egyptian gods, right? I'm not big on Egyptian mythology either, but I mean, it's 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 Ra. It's, it's pretty the biggest one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's just, anyway, that's an aside. I was just curious. Maybe they're pretty... waiting to blow their sun god load uh, later because yeah, it's well, like. He got a lot of later left. There's only three more episodes of this show. I and by the way, I want to, I want to, why we're in this, I want to point out my biggest okay. gripe throughout okay. the whole damn thing. In this episode, episode three, I actually timed it this time. Moon Knight does not appear until minute 32. And he's on screen for three minutes. Mm. In episode two, Moon Knight does not appear until minute 35. And he's on the screen for about three or four minutes. And in episode one, Moon Knight does not appear until the final, what, four seconds of the episode. So I made a post on my story on Instagram and I was just mimicking Jeff Goldblum from, from Jurassic Park. Like, uh, you do eventually plan to have Moon Knight on your show called Moon Knight, right? Like, I understand it's meant to be a character study and I do like what Oscar Isaac is doing with what he's been given. I think he's a tremendous actor and, and he's even like we talked about, his real name is Oscar Isaac, I think Cortez Hernandez or something, but he's very culturally ambiguous as what he refers to himself as. And so that's cool that he can play a bunch of different roles, but holy shit it's called moon Knight, and collectively yeah. we've had about six ah, minutes of moon Knight over three episodes like are we gonna get some actual more moon Knight in the show called moon Knight, or there's more yelling at him to call the suit than there is actual <laughs> right. suiting so and don't to feel get me... fat. i'm just saying that's that's how it's starting to feel don't get me started on the tuxedo version of moon Knight that steven summons i Oh, <laughs> <laughs> is abhor too too much of a word? Is it not quite enough? Is it? Don't enjoy is it, it. So bad, no way. Eh? Don't enjoy it. Yeah. I and I I, uh, I yeah. don't know, but I don't want to say it's all bad. Like <clears throat> I I actually, Layla's obviously a little underwritten, but I also think 
I think she's a minor positive for the show. I like we're getting a strong female character. There's clearly history between her and Mark Spector. They used to be married. And they they gave a little bit of that exposition this episode where they apparently Mark has been attached to Khonshu even at the beginning of their relationship, which I find is interesting because it's basically a, a big foundational lie at the basis of their failed marriage, which I'm sure <clears throat> might come back later to to haunt them. We also learned that Khonshu was interested in Layla as his next avatar. And that's basically his hold over Mark, essentially, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and that's, but also too, that... That gives like another, um, I guess, layer to Khonshu. But again, I don't know if I like it. Where like Khonshu's kind of a douchebag. And I, I get, yeah, he's kind of an asshole. And he's yeah. kind of nefarious. And he he has he has good means. But he's kind of like, he's an anti-hero. You know, he's yeah. going to get to a good end. But he doesn't care who he screws over to get to that end. He's very nefarious, threatening. You know, let's hold this guy over the edge by his, t- um, by his scarf. And he'll talk. You know, and then the guy cuts the scarf. Like, Khonshu doesn't give a shit. You know who no. dies in his path, and he's. Uh, it's just it. Um, it's just very. I don't know. I'm 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 conflicted. Like I I don't like Khonshu right now, but I also know he's supposed to be the hero. So I'm I'm waiting for some sort of minor redemption arc, maybe some yeah. sort of minor face turn or tweener. You know, but right now he's a heel still. <laughs> no, trotting out those wrestling terms. I've been waiting the whole time. I'm like, it's 27 <laughs> minutes in, and I haven't heard one wrestling term yet. Come on. <laughs> I can leave the room so you guys can go at it if you like. <laughs> also for the OnlyFans. Absolutely. Just sitting here yes. talking wrestling talk the whole time. That'll sell really well. Um, which 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 leads me to the next episode. So clearly Conchu's been in prison. So does that mean now Steven uh, slash Mark slash the third altar will not have access to the suit or the powers therein? Because they're provided by Conchu and he is now captured and, and imprisoned by the gods. So what I'm hearing is we're going to have even less screen time for Midnight it's, in episode four. It seems four. like, but I think to your point about a redemption arc, I think that's what it's going to probably be is when they do bust Khonshu out of his imprisonment, he will have had a bit of a change of heart because of the imprisonment and, and seeing, you know, the consequences of his actions per se with the other gods and such. So I assume that would be the tropey way to do it. And if the show has proven anything is they're definitely cool with doing it the tropey way. So. Oh yeah. And it might, that's actually probably a good, like, a good thing to bring up is that uh, we have no redemption arcs or redemption pieces of an arc uh, in this episode for Khonshu. We've, uh, because we do also do find out that Arthur used to be his avatar and he was done wrong by Khonshu, but we don't know how. And it's like, oh, okay, so are, I, don't, I don't know who I'm supposed to root for at this point. Maybe it's another bad part of the writing. Uh, because because like like Brent mentioned, we're so, he's supposed to be the hero of the piece. When is he going to be redeemed? I don't know because they keep writing him to be sort of shitty. But I, th- I think that was part of the the, the exposition dump in the second episode, talking yeah. about the difference between Khonshu is the one that that punishes evildoers, but Ahmet punishes them before they've even committed the evil. Which of the two, you know, some rage uh, against a little kill, killing oh. in the name of right. So it's I think that's supposed to be your your moral barometer to figure out who's the good guy and who's the not as good guy or bad guy or whatever you want to put it. But you're right. So, they, yeah. they, they blurred some lines on this for sure. So maybe Arthur moved on himself from Khonshu to be the avatar of a, uh, of Amit. Yeah. Of someone a real, who's a little more 
a little proactive. more. Yeah, pro, proactive, proactive is a good word. We like that. We like proactive. Yeah. Proactive enough that she's already been imprisoned by the gods as well, right? So the irony of that all. Right. Right. So, which is the which is why it's so funny that when when Harrow showed up, all the gods were like, no, 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 it's fine. He's totally not doing that. It's okay. Anyways, what were we talking about, guys? Let's break for lunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, at the oh no, never mind. I know what they were doing at the end now. Sorry, imprisoning him. I get it. Sorry. Yeah. A little doll there. Little <laughs> it's like, were they doll. also involved in the spinning of time? No, they were in the middle of doing something. But honestly, I just oh god, I don't know. So I, what would have to happen now? Like, what would have to happen? Sorry, Brett, go ahead. I didn't mean to, to interrupt you. No, I think you you had the more appropriate uh, direction for, like, what would have to happen now. I assume episode four, okay, so we know Khonshu is trapped. I think maybe, like you said, episode four is going to be the start of the redemption, the start of the face turn, perhaps, where we're going to start getting, I guess, more of that inner dialogue and justification for why Kanchu is the way he is. I think they have to go that direction in order for us to find the story to be fulfilling by the end of episode six. I think that has to be the goal of episode four is really get us on board with what Kanchu wants to do because I'm still not 100% invested in his mission <laughs> Agreed. personally. Agreed. I think that's the goal of episode four. I don't know what's going to happen with Mark and Steven. If we're going to see more of that, who's who's occupying the body at the end of episode three? Was it Steven? I believe it was Steven. It was Steven in this, the suit that you hate that helped turn back time. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So I think I don't know if they're going to have more dialogue between Steven and Mark. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I want more of that, to be honest. I, Again, I didn't listen to episode two, but I was by the like mid episode two. I'm like, just freaking hand the body over already. Like I was like, stop putting up such a fuss. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if I want more of their interactions, but maybe it's necessary to move the story forward. I don't know. I want to learn a little bit more now. I think about Layla's marriage to Mark and I guess in the whole, yeah. you know, about her father and, and how that all came to play. <sighs> Yeah, but I mean, yeah, because I, clearly he was able to suppress whatever other personalities were in him long enough to meet Layla, start a relationship with Layla, get married to Layla, and then ask Layla for a divorce. And Layla has zero clue he's suffering from this disorder. Yeah, <laughs> right. But maybe that's, but maybe that's actually the, the point where us as an audience can relate. Maybe that is something that they can expand upon in episode four. Is people. Uh, being in a relationship with someone that has an undiagnosed disorder and, you know, how that can be challenging on a relationship. I think that would be actually a worthy conversation to have, you know, for, for both sides. I that would be nice If they expanded upon that, I would find the series more fulfilling and maybe we're just being too hasty to judge and maybe that will come by the end of episode six. I, that would make it feel very fulfilling. Agreed. It just makes what you're talking about now where the, they, they just get to switch willy-nilly back and forth whenever they want seemingly now it takes away from that if if they if he was able to build a whole relationship and and she's completely unaware the entire time but now it's just like oh i'm steven oh i'm mark oh i'm the guy that's killing everybody oh i'm back to steven because we'll just get whatever we need out of it the mm -hmm. for me there's some cognitive dissonance there for sure but yeah, especially, it, it feels like it's servicing the plot when it should be servicing no, the character 100 yeah. percent and, at, and up until this point, exactly, because up at the, until this point, it has not serviced the character. The character is just finding out that they can, that they live 
amongst other people inside one body. So it doesn't, it really did not make sense. The, the rapidity in which he was switching between people. Yeah. It was cool. Visually it was cool. And the use of mirrors and mirror metaphors is like a love of theorists. And they'll probably talk about this till they are blue in the face. And there's no more paper, no more paper left to write on, but like, come on. (sighs) <sighs> no like, and i think they've i think they've tried to do a good job too with haro as well because they're i think they're trying to go the thanos route with him a little bit is they're trying to make him a little bit more relatable because mm-hmm. even though his methodology is terrible he's created this utopia where crime rates bottomed out and food mm-hmm. is free and everybody's exchanging recipes and everybody's living seemingly in this harmonious utopian little society that he's built mostly through fear and death and such but still I think they're trying to make the villains now in Marvel a little bit more ambiguous because a lot of those early Marvel films were just mustache twirling forgettables that nobody really cared about. And now since Thanos, it's more let's yeah. make them let's give them some depth, let's give them some other motivations. Let's give them like maybe a fan base. <laughs> right? Yeah. Even with that terrible, terrible hair. Yeah. Which, by will... the way, did you yeah. notice when he was in the desert and he had the wrap on his head? He looked a lot more like Ethan. Like that hair is so much of that character's personality that as soon as that hair wasn't available <laughs> yeah. anymore, I'm like, oh shit, that's Ethan Hawk. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad it wasn't just me. I'm gonna grab a drink, guys. I'm gonna be like two seconds. One. Sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't know. I like if I had to place it right now. I know I don't want to like shoot our wad on our updated MCU Disney Plus TV show tier list, but I think it would be at the moment below Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <gasps> Ooh. 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 I would, yeah, I would put it on the same tier. Yeah. And then right behind. This episode for sure. Yes, but I, I mean, this also, they don't, Moon Knight, the TV show also has the advantage advantage of being quite low on the stock right now that it has a chance to come mm-hmm. <laughs> it has a chance to get better so yeah speaking of um it's ranking in space and time okay here's the thing i really loved about it going in and i, f- I feel like i'm betraying myself by saying these awful things this time about it but it's like i was really enjoying not um, speculating and hunting for Easter eggs and trying to connect it to the larger MCU. But now it seems like they're kind of like, um, remember they slipped in that little sentence about Madripoor? Oh yeah. I was going to ask about that. I was like, God damn it. Can they just like leave the rest of the MCU alone for like five minutes? I know, I know Mike L agrees with you too. He wants, he wants the shows to be a little more segmented. I gathered from our, our last podcast with him. So I, I'll be honest, I didn't hate the Madripoor reference maybe as much. I, I'm glad it was no more than just the word. Yeah. <laughs> like anything more would have been, I'd be like, okay, let's get, you know, but it was, it, I'm okay with the one offbeat reference, but I would not be surprised if we got another MCU reference by the end of episode six. Yeah. Yeah. Especially then you get all the neck beards that come out and they're like, well, where was blah, blah, blah when the world was coming to an end on moon? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you'll always get those people. So Marvel likes to kind of like season their episodes with little. And you guys are right. They've they've barely done it with this one. It's very, very self-contained. Like, we don't even know when this is happening. I was just going to say, watch we find out what happened to Moon Knight during the snap in episode six. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, is this pre-blip? Is this post-blip? Like, who knows? So... Yeah. Good God. Help does it only me. blip away some of his altars? Does it blip him away totally? Like, who knows? 
Oh my, that's an interesting. I wonder if it only blipped away, like you know, just maybe, Stephen or just maybe. Mark. Yeah, maybe that's why he was Mark for so long. I was able to get married to Layla. Maybe, maybe Stephen got blipped away. Oh, oh no! I think I would hate that. <laughs> I think that would infuriate me. Would it would, it would be the laziest you? writing that there's ever been. <clears throat> I would also like. I would also have to stand that like ironically though, because it's so like. The audacity to do that. <laughs> <laughs> the lion, the witch, the audacity nerve. of this bitch. <laughs> oh, man, the nerve of that. Um, I would hate it so much that I would like it. I would so hate bad, it so much good. we would get t-shirts made. That's right. Yeah. Where were you during the flip? <laughs> like, I love that. Uh, Sammy, I want two. I want two t-shirts. <laughs> okay. Both medium. Yeah. All right, so if you hate it just as much as we did, let us know. Um, it is fullvolumepod at gmail.com. Before you do the sign-off, we have. I thought we were getting back into episode ratings. Out of oh, yeah. five. Okay, out of, okay. Yes. Out of five Ashabtis, <laughs> which is what Kanchi was imprisoned in, uh, what do we give the episode? Two. Two Ashabtis. Uh, One and a half? One crumbling uh, broken one. That's. I was thinking two as well. I'm, I'm going to say two, but one of them is a Chinese knockoff. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That was, it was, it was rough. There were too many tropey things that I just, I, I was grinding my teeth while they were happening. So was, every time I ground my teeth, they lose in a shafty. So that's definitely, they, they definitely lost. We should have started out of 10, two out of 10. Does that make it what? One out of five, one out of five, one out of five. I'm good at math. Look at that. Five. Okay, so <laughs> the five. average would be 1.5, right? That's right. That's right. Okay. So 1.666, uh, repeating, of course. Yeah, no, it's rough, but hopefully they've got three, they get three episodes to turn around. Yeah, I, I, I mean, they're long, too. So the format is kind of movie-like. They have a lot of time to tell story. Oh, okay. So here, I will give, I will leave with a positive before I go. The production value on the show is is fantastic. Like, I don't like the Mr. Knight suit either, but it looks well put together. The Moon Knight costume is insane. Khonshu looks amazing. You cannot tell that he's not there. Like, all of the production values. And then traveling around, yes, they're probably shooting in Jordan. I know they get a lot of tax breaks for shooting in Jordan as opposed to shooting in Egypt and such. But everything looks really, really good. They've spent some money, as they tend to do with these Marvel shows. So I will give it that. It's a beautiful-looking show. And it's so refreshing that it takes place outside of North America. Right. Love that. Yeah. Agreed. And well, they're continuing. Yeah. They're continuing with Arab, the Arabic pop music. Yes. Yeah. But they did shoehorn in some um, traditional Arabic yodeling by a woman. They did. Uh, was that on the, the cruise? Oh, yeah. The little the boat cruise? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's over. And then and over like scenes of like the pyramids. Ancient Listen, things. I was I was trying to be positive. <laughs> we just found a way. <laughs> to That's OK. Turn we're it. all we're all shit on this podcast. Good. Yes. Yeah. No, fine. And we're shitting on the show. I'm OK with it because I'm not a yeah. fan. And it seems pretty popular. So I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see where it goes from here. So if Two you loved weeks, it. Babies. Yeah. Do you know what? If you loved it just yeah. as much as we did, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Comment on the video. Leave us a message. Uh, email us at fullvolumepod at gmail.com. You can find this episode and all of the other episodes and specifically our Scream Tearless <laughs> on our YouTube channel. <laughs> I'm going to go <laughs> watch it right now. Honestly, 
Scream 3 deserves its tier. Don't you worry about where we placed it. <laughs> that is exactly where it should be for eternity. Don't argue with us. This is me off. Um, where did where did Courtney Cox's bangs placed on the tier list? Was that uh, was that a mitigating factor in the tier list? F tier. F tier. They belong yeah. with Buffy Summers' small tiny bangs. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What a mistake in the in the early two thousands. Who thought that that was like? A th- okay, sorry. That's a tangent. <laughs> That's that a whole a, other episode. Yeah, that is a shady ass tangent too. Um, <laughs> Oh, yes. So you can find this podcast and all of our previous episodes wherever you keep your podcasts, wherever you find your po- your favorite podcast by searching full volume podcasts on the Comic Book Syndicate Network. I want to thank the lovely and talented Jeff, a.k.a. Messiah Complex Cosplay, for joining us. And having so many opinions, <laughs> so many good ones, so many aligning opinions. <laughs> We we're all on the same page on this one, which is a pretty rare bird. So I, I'm digging it. I'm here for it. Yeah. And uh, my always stellar 95% COVID free host, Harvey Brent. 95% COVID free, but also 95% covered in hives, Harvey Brent. <laughs> also 95% so Jack ripping out of his own shirts, Harvey Brent. So let's. The trick is to buy extra small. Yeah, amen. <laughs> Do live your best extra small life. I'm fine with it. I've not yeah. bought an extra small since eighth grade. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um, yeah. Until next month. Yeah. Keep it loud. Keep it at full volume. Bye-bye. Bye.